0: thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Jesus. hallelujah Jesus praise God praise God and to know that all of that and that is still not even half Of it all. I sit over there and I thought about not only the doors that He's opened, but how many doors He's closed. Not only about all the ways that He has made, but how many roadblocks He put before me so I would not go the wrong way. You tell me God has not been good. He's been so very good. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's been better than good to me. He has been faithful. Oh, He has been a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A rock that I can run to. He's my King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. How many of you are thankful that we serve the one true living God? Amen. He's alive tonight, church. He's alive tonight, church. Praise God. Praise God. My goodness. I tell you what. I don't think there's one person in this building that is very envious of me at this point. From the word of the Lord that was spoken this morning to what God has already done in this place tonight... Amen. I am very humbled to even be standing where I am today. And I thank our pastor for the opportunity. Him and Sister Hughes have begun their journey towards General Conference that's in Louisville, Kentucky. Please keep them in your prayers. Amen. But we are here tonight. Amen. And God is here, and that's all that really matters. Amen. If you're here and he's here. Then something great can become of this night. Amen. For you and your life and your family. Praise God. Praise God. Second Samuel chapter six. Second Samuel chapter six. Gonna begin reading verse 10. Make our way down to verse 12. Second Samuel. Chapter 6, verse 10. If you have it, read along with us. If not, look at the overhead. So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him in the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house. Of Obed-Edom. The Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David saying. The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And all that pertaineth unto him. Because of the ark of God. You could take that out and scratch it out and say, because of the presence of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Verse 11 said, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom. Tonight, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to you on the subject. Continued in my house. Continued in my house. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, if I have ever needed your anointing, I need it right now. God, I am weak clay, God, but your spirit... Longs to speak this word tonight, God, and I pray that I would do it justice Lord, that you would speak to your people tonight God, that you long to be in their homes In their workplace, God, in their schools God, I pray tonight that every heart would be opened, every home would be opened God, to your very presence God, we ask right now, Every heart and soul, in the name of Jesus, that it would be touched and changed tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. During the days of the judges, the tabernacle fell into despair. The priests were no longer serving God the way that they knew how. And many of the Levites had become very carnal. The Ark of the Covenant had become a prized possession of the Philistines who took it from the children of Israel. And in chapter 5, David decides that him and all of the children of Israel are going to fight against the Philistines. And so he asked the Lord, Lord, can, can we go up and defeat them? And God said, no, I don't want you to go just yet. I want you to do it this way. So David waited patiently and then he did what the Lord had asked and they wrought a great victory that day. And the Bible says that David and his many men, the chosen men of Israel, took the Ark of the Covenant and began making their journey back to the city of David. They were bringing it back to its proper place. But on their journey to the the city of David, one of the ox that was carrying the uh, Ark of the Covenant stumbled and fell. And Uzzah, in his own way of trying to save it, he reached out and put his hand upon the Ark of the Covenant. And in that moment, his life was taken. But I want to go back tonight and just say that the Ark of the Covenant that was in the possession of the Philistines, the Ark of the Covenant was not in their possession because they wanted God's presence. It was not in their possession because they wanted peace and joy and love and kindness. That was not their purpose. The purpose of them taking it from the children of Israel is so the children of Israel would not have that. They didn't want the children of Israel having power. They didn't want the children of Israel having peace and joy. Your enemy wants nothing to do with God. Your enemy does not care about the presence of God. In fact, he wants to flee from the very presence of God. But he does, however, want to do anything he can to keep you away from your God. But Uzzah reaches up and touches this Ark of the Covenant... And he was doing his best to protect it and save it and say, here, let, let me help you out. Let me let me save this Ark of the Covenant. It was his way of putting his hands on the situation, literally and figuratively. And in this moment, he was sincerely trying to help. And I feel like many of us can relate to him in this and that we too sometimes want to say, here, let, let me help you out. There's some things that didn't go the way they were supposed to go, God. But let let me put my hand on it and fix this for you. Let me me take care of it for you. And God said, "I, I don't need your help. I already declared in Numbers 4 and 15 that if anybody touched this holy thing, they would die. If you touch it, you will die, period. So God took the life of Uzzah that day. David, seeing what had happened, said, surely we cannot keep going like this. Surely I cannot take it into my home. I can't take it into the city of David. So he takes the Ark of the Covenant and says, let's take this and put it in the home of Obed-Edom. The very purpose of the tabernacle was so that the Lord would be among his people. Exodus 25 and 8 says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Let them prepare a place for me to come and meet with them. But in an even more specific way, a more intimate way, he said the ark served as a place of the very presence of God. As we read in Exodus 25:22, he said there. I will meet with you on the Ark of the Covenant. I will speak with you. It was not simply a mercy seat made of pure gold. It was not simply a wooden box coated with pure gold. It was not just a holding place for the pot of manna and the, and the tables of stone and Aaron's rod that budded. No, this box was God's meeting place between him and man God had given this to Moses to place in the tabernacle and it was to sit in the holy of holies and the blood would be brought from the blood of atonement and it would be sprinkled by the high priest upon that mercy seat and God would come down and have that moment of relationship and he would speak to that high priest on behalf of the people. It was a meeting place for God and man and to let the children of Israel know I am still involved in your life. I'm still very present in the wilderness. I am still very present in all that you are going through. This ark was the children of Israel's peace. It was their salvation. It was the only thing that kept them from being completely overtaken by sin. It was everything to them. It was their lifeline. It was their place to go to. It was everything. In the Old Testament, the surest presence of God was found at the Ark of the Covenant. In this chapter of our text, it occurred to David, while he has gone back home and he has prepared his own home, a place for him to lay his head at night, he begins to think, well, if I'm going to have a place for me to reside, then perhaps we should put the Ark in its own place. And perhaps we should build a temple for the Lord. The king had taken steps to prepare a temporary abode and he was trying to bring it back to Jerusalem. But because of the inconvenience of it, David said, well, maybe we ought to wait because he just saw what happened to Uzzah, And he said, you know what? I just saw how that happened and I don't want that anywhere near my house. I don't want that near my kids. I don't want my family being exposed to that kind of stuff, the change that comes with it. So maybe we ought to just set it to the side until we can figure out how to rearrange our life to fit the presence of God into it. Let me figure out how to get my home to a place where it's ready to receive the presence of God. But right now, my home is not ready to receive that. But he said, I I, I know this man here and his name is Obed-Edom and let us go and we'll ask him if we can keep it at his house. The ark of God's covenant with Israel was going to be staying at Obed-Edom's house until David and the priest could figure out what to do with it. But it is not an easy thing to invite God fully into one's life or home." Obed-Edom certainly knew about what had happened to the Philistines and to Beth Shemesh and to Uzzah. The fact that other people suffered when they were in close proximity to the ark is just the reason that some people shy away from the Lord. But nevertheless, Obed-Edom allowed it to be so. Obed-Edom was not a king. He was not a mighty man. He was... Not a soldier, he was a nobody. He does not appear in the Bible until this very occasion. But when he saw that the king did not want God's presence in his home, Obed-Edom looked up and he said, I'll I'll take it. I'll let let it come into my home. I'll, I'll let it come to where I live and I'll let it get involved in my life and I'll open my door. And by allowing the ark into his home, it meant that the thing that embodied the very presence of the Lord was now going to be dwelling in his house daily. It is one thing to allow the presence of God to go home with you after a service like tonight. It's one thing to allow the presence of God to go home with you on Wednesday after midweek Bible study. And if you made it to prayer on Saturday night, it's one thing to allow the presence of the Lord into your home after that. But what about on Monday morning when you have to get up and go to that filthy place called work where people talk vulgar and they and they live sinful lifestyles? What about then? Does it get to go with you then? Does it get to go into your home and see the real you? Does it get to go... See how you live every day. Does it get to get into the innermost parts of your being and say, can I come into this room? Can I come into this room? Can I stay here? And Obed-Edom said, I want you to know it is welcome here in this place. See, for us, it's easy on Sunday night to go home with the presence of the Lord. But not on Tuesday, not on Thursday, not on the weekend when we've got our plans and our agenda. But Obed-Edom said it is welcome here every day. Every day. I don't care if I've got something else going on. It's welcome to stay in this place. I don't care what plans me and my wife and family had. It's welcome here. I don't care what we have to do. It's welcome here. You see, when you welcome it in daily, that means there's some stuff you're going to have to move around. There's some stuff you're going to have to prepare for. You're going to want to make sure the fridge and the pantry's full. You're going to want to make sure the bed is made. You're going to move some stuff. You're going to mow the lawn. You're going to clean the house and wash the dishes. You're going to prepare for it because something is coming into your house. You say, well, I've got to move this. This isn't going to work if it stays here. Well, I've got to rearrange this because the presence of the Lord is coming and if the presence of the Lord is coming into my house this can't stay in here any longer this has got to go somewhere else if the Spirit of the Lord is coming into this place I'm going to have to change the way I've done some things in my life I can't do the things that I used to do there's some rearranging that's going to have to go on in my house honey what are you doing moving the furniture are we expecting company oh yes we're expecting company the presence of the Lord is on its way honey why are you moving the couch because we've got to make room for the ark of the covenant we've got to make room for the presence of God the very thing that was my salvation the very way that my sins were rolled ahead the very place that God met with man is coming into my house and whatever I've got to do to make sure that it is comfortable here I'm going to do it I'll move whatever i've got to move i'll throw away whatever i've got to throw away i'll turn off unplug disconnect i don't care what i've got to do if it makes the ark of the covenant more comfortable if it makes the presence of god feel like it is welcome then i'm going to do it many of us we like to have guests Many of us try to find a home with an extra bedroom just so we can fancy it up and we call it a guest bedroom. But there comes a point where the guest can become a tenant. They start getting mail delivered to your address. They start inviting their own guests over for parties. They start eating food out of your refrigerator. Having a guest stay daily will make you change the way that you live. It will make you be a little more considerate. It will make you probably get frustrated from time to time. It will probably keep you up later sometimes more than you would like to stay. It makes you move your things around to accommodate them. You don't fight with your spouse when you have company. You don't cuss like a sailor when the preacher comes over for dinner. It's hard to pull out the bottle of pills when they are hidden behind the Ark of the Covenant in that cabinet. It's hard to watch that on the TV when the cherubim wings are right in front of my recliner. It's hard to do the things that I'm accustomed to doing when there's somebody else's presence in my presence. So it was for Obed-Edom He had allowed God to move in and find a resting place in his home, but by his own choice. Not for a day, not for two days, but for three months. The Bible says that the ark or the dwelling place, the place that represented the very presence of God, had made its way into the home of Obed-Edom. It wasn't taken to the church. The Ark of the Covenant was not taken to the pastor's home. It was not taken to camp in NAYC. It wasn't taken to youth congress in the mission field. It was kept in the home of a man and his family. And the Bible said that it continued. It stayed in the house. It didn't go anywhere else for three months. For three months there it was, this massive piece of furniture sitting in their home. I don't know where they kept it. Maybe it was right in the entryway when you opened the door and there it was. And it made you walk around it to remind you that it's there. Maybe it was right in the middle of the living room. So when you're talking with your family, it is there as a reminder. Hey, the presence of the Lord is in this place. Maybe it's there at the dinner table while you're sitting there eating, looking over at it and saying... Had it not been for the presence of the Lord, had it not been for the blood that was sprinkled on there, my family would be lost. Had it not been for all that God, maybe it was in their bedroom and he had to go before he laid his head down at night. And he laid down and he looked up and, oh yeah, it's still there. I can I can sleep in peace tonight because the presence of the Lord is here. I don't know where they put it. But I do know the very thing that represented the presence of God had found itself in his home. It wasn't just there on Sunday. It wasn't just there after midweek Bible study. It was there on Monday and it continued. It was there on Tuesday, and it continued. It was there on Wednesday, and it continued. Thursday and Friday and Saturday, it was there. It continued. Every day, every morning that they would wake up, it was there. Every night when they lay down, it was there. We might would see this as an inconvenience. Some of us would have to really do some rearranging our lives if we just Let God become a tenant and not just a guest. If we really let God into our lives and into our home, we would really have to do some moving around. You say, well, I haven't gone through my home in a while, but if I did, I can probably tell you that that it's not adequate right now. If God is coming over, then I've got to get rid of some stuff. If God is coming over, then we're going to clean up a little bit and, and get rid of some of the junk. But because of all of this, the Bible says that the home, the very home of Obed Edom and his house and all that he owned was blessed. His car was blessed. His refrigerator was blessed. His pantry was blessed. His children were blessed. His animals were blessed. His life was blessed. His spouse, his wife was blessed. His home was blessed. Every part of that home that Obed-Edom had was blessed. Not because Obed-Edom was the bomb. Not because Obed-Edom was just this awesome, awesome dude. But the Bible says because of the Ark of the Covenant. Because the presence of God was there. If you allowed the presence of God to sit anywhere for any amount, of time I promise you it's going to be blessed if you let it in your heart for just a moment I promise you you will be blessed if you let it come in your heart on a weekend and you commit to coming to church on a Sunday you will be blessed if you commit to being a Wednesday night Bible study you will be blessed if you commit to coming to church on Saturday night to pray you will Be blessed When you allow God's presence To continue in your house You will see your attitude change You'll notice you don't talk The way you used to talk You don't walk the way that you used to walk You will see your family change You'll notice your kids are changing You'll notice that prayer Can take place not only in God's house but in my House You will notice revival taking place in your neighborhood. You will notice there are things that you thought were important that really are not all that important. We come into the house of God and we tell him, Lord, you're welcome here. You're welcome here, Lord. We invite him to his own house. But I want to know, is he welcomed in your home? We come into the house of God and we say, Lord, you're welcome here. But I wonder how many of you will go home tonight and put the key in the door and turn it and open it and walk in and say, Lord, you are welcome here. Walk into the living room, Lord, you are welcome here. Walk into your baby's room. Lord, you are welcome here. Walk into your office. Lord, you are welcome here. God, there is not one door in this place that you cannot go in. God, I want you to take your liberty. I want you to come in and make yourself at home. God, sit on every piece of furniture. Lay on every bed. Sit in every chair. God, I don't care. Just fill this place with your Presence. Fill my home with peace. Fill my home with joy. God, you are welcome here. I wonder how many times Obed-Edom was out working on the job having a rough day. And went not into the house of the Lord. But went into the house of Obed-Edom. And he opened his old front door. And as soon as he stuck foot in his door, began to weep. And say, oh, thank you, God. Thank you that your presence is here. Thank you, Lord, that you are dwelling here. Thank you that my home is a safe place. Thank you, Lord, that you have found refuge here, that you have been in my house where I can come home and enjoy your presence. You hear me tonight. It does not stay here. The presence of the Lord can be in your home. The presence of the Lord can be in your car. It can be in your school. It can be on your job. The presence of the Lord can be wherever you invite it to be and say, God, have your way here. You are welcome here. God, you're welcome at my home, not just at Christmas when I put your little cutout in the front yard. God, you're here in Christmas season. You're here during the Easter season and Valentine's and and every other season and every day, everything we go through. You're welcome here. Does the spirit of God that you felt Sunday night carry over and continue in the house? The prayer meeting we have had on Saturday nights, does it continue in the house? I am thankful for church. I am thankful for this place that we get to come to and worship together. I'm thankful for every time the doors have been opened. I was baptized in church. I received the gift of the Holy Ghost in kids' church. I was married in a church. I dedicated our babies in a church. We have had life-changing services in the church. And as great as church is, as wonderful as it is, the Spirit of God is not to be contained in the shell of a building, but it has to continue in your house. It's not enough anymore that you get to just experience What we have felt in this place tonight, only on Sundays. It's not fair that you think that tonight. When God said, I am with you always. Everywhere that you go, everywhere that you welcome me, I am going to be there. I'm going to make sure that you know that I am there. It's not just here on Sunday night. It's not just here on Wednesday night. It's not here just when they hit the right key. We play a song sometimes and we think, oh, there he is. No, he was here before you ever showed up. He was already here preparing the way for you, not you preparing the way for him. God was already in this place saying, I'm wanting to go home with somebody tonight. I'm wanting them to not just come to the altar and get a touch. I'm wanting them to take me by the hand and say, oh, God, tonight you're coming home with me. Tonight I'm taking you to my house You're going to stay at my house tonight. You're welcome into my house. It has to continue in the house. And may we be as Obed-Edom who said, Where it goes, I am going with it. When it came time to move the ark to Jerusalem the right way this time, Obed-Edom had a choice. He could watch the Ark of the Covenant go out his front door. And he could go back to the way that he had been living before it was ever there. But when you've been exposed to the presence of God for three months, something changes. It changes your attitude. It changes your mindset. And when that Ark slipped out the door, Obed-Edom went and packed his bags and he said, Y'all don't get too far. I'm, I'm coming with you. His desire for the Lord caused him to do whatever it took to be close to the Lord. He became a gatekeeper, a musician, and a doorkeeper for the ark. Obed-Edom said, God, I don't care what I've got to do if I get to be near your presence. God, if, if I've got to drive the bus... If I've got to scrub some toilets. If I've got to stack some chairs. If I've got to vacuum the sanctuary. If I've got to teach Sunday school. If I've got to work in the nursery. If I've got to come to prayer meeting. If I've got to come to church every weekend. If I've got to be faithful. But it means I get to be in your presence. I will do whatever it takes. I just want to be where you are. I want to feel your presence every day. I don't want to be at home if you're not there. I don't want to be at my job if you're not there. I don't want to be anywhere if you are not there. God, so I am coming wherever you go. And due to his love for God and the presence of God, God begins to promote him every step of the way. Obed-Edom Is not only blessed in ministry and relationship with the Lord. His family is also blessed. He was blessed with eight sons. Each of his sons became a mighty man of valor. His sons were blessed. His grandchildren were blessed. And they all, all, all served the Lord. They were all leaders. They were all capable men with strength to do the work. This isn't made up stuff. You go open your Bible and track Obed-Edom and his lineage. Sixty-two men all together. And all of them served the Lord. All of them were faithful to the Lord. All of them were mighty men. All of them did great and mighty things for the Lord. Our statistics today are not that very good. But what if there was an Obed-Edom. Who said. God. You can come into my house. You can find a place. Where I live. I will make room for you. Your children would be blessed because of it. To know there is something you can do tonight. That would not only bless your life but would bless your children's life. They would go as far to touch your grandbaby's life and do a work in them and that they would all not only live for God, but work for God and serve God and be a part of the ministry to do their part in the kingdom of God. All because you said, you can come into my house. They were all leaders. Obed-Edom, along with his other duties, was put in charge of the south gate. And God allowed his sons to be keepers of the storehouse. Obed-Edom, by his faith, attitude, and actions, created a legacy of faith and relationship with the Lord. And the Lord was faithful back to Obed-Edom, establishing a legacy of generational blessings. You see, something happened while it was in my home. It got a hold of me. It changed me. You see, he was touched by it before, no doubt, because David said, there's a man here. I know we can, we can put it in his house. He was not ignorant of the ark of the covenant or the presence of God. He had been touched by it before, but this time it changed him. This time it meant more to him than it had ever Meant before. We can all stand. Jeremiah chapter three, verse 16, and this is in the living Bible. He said, then when your land is once more filled with people, says the Lord, you will no longer wish for the good old days. I've heard it said so many, man, if we could have church like we did in the good old days, if we could have services and revival like we did in the good old days. And I'm thankful for them because I wouldn't be here tonight if my great grandparents hadn't experienced those good old days. But to know that he said in his word that when your land is filled with people, that day's coming. You will no longer wish for those good old days of long ago. Those days when you possessed the ark of God's covenant, those days will not be missed or even thought about. Oh well, God, those were great days. Now, that's when I was saved that's when I got the Holy Ghost that's when that's when my family got in church. those were the good old days. He said, I'll take it a step further the Ark of the Covenant will not be reconstructed. Lord, what are we going to do without the box? what are we going to do without the Ark of the Covenant what are we going to do without your presence? He said, oh don't worry. For the Lord Himself will be among you. There's going to come a day where you're not going to wish for the good old days of the box because you won't need the box anymore. He said, I myself am going to be among you. I'm going to come and be with you. We're living life this way saying, I wish we could get back to the good old days. But what this word tells me, Is that there is a day that is coming that I won't even miss those good old days. Because God gets to be with me in a totally different way than he has been in time past. And why go back to the box when I can have the God of the box? Parents, I want to know, do your kids see you pray on Sunday? And continue to pray on Tuesday in your home? Saints, do your neighbors know you're a child of the king because it's being continued in your home? Or do we keep the ark here and here only and say, well, no, because I go to church. That's where I experience the presence of the Lord. And I'm thankful for it. If we didn't feel the presence of the Lord in this place ever, we'd have an empty building tonight. And I'd be sitting here talking to myself. But because we feel the presence of the Lord, we like this place. Because God moves on us and touches us, we like to come into this place and lift our hands. And and we feel it and we feel good. But I am telling somebody tonight, you can take it home. And it can continue in your house. It can stay in your home every day. I'm aware tonight that during this time it was only certain ones from certain tribes allowed to be a part of the Ark of the Covenant. The Levites were the only ones that were allowed to have anything to do with it. But I also read where in the New Testament in Revelation it said, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, all kindreds. All tongues, all people stood before the throne. You see, when he tore the veil, he made a way and said his presence was no longer going to be contained in a box behind a curtain where only you and you could get there and nobody else. But he declared he himself would be among us. And if you are full of the Holy Ghost tonight, it gets even better. For he said, what? Know ye not that your body, your body, not your neighbor's body, not your husband's body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's right here. It's right here. If you've never experienced the Holy Ghost before, you know what you do? You start off by getting rid of all the junk and repenting of all of your sins. And saying, God, I've, I've got to make room for you. God, I don't want any of that junk in my life anymore. If you're telling me I can have your spirit and your presence living inside of me, then that's what I want. And you make room for it. And then you say, all right, now now come on in, I'm ready for you. I've prepared the way, I'm asking you to come in. But for those of us that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, would we open our minds tonight to see that our bodies, wherever we go, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be among you. As long as you allow me to, I'm going to be there and be present in your life. I'll be at the doctor's office with you. I'll be there in the lawyer's office. I'll be there at church with you when you show up. I'll be there at home when you walk in the front door. I'll be in your bedroom when you lay your head down at night. i am come to be with you. If you will let me continue in the house, just let me stay alone little while and i will change you i'll change the way you think i'll change the way you've been talking to one another i'll change the way that you've been living if you will just let me in the house i open these altars to anyone tonight who wants to open up not just your house but your home and your heart god let it continue in my home Let my children recognize your presence, not only here, but when we go into our home, let them say, I feel the Lord in this place. Change my life. Rearrange it. God, get in the middle of my business. Interrupt my plans. Get into my marriage. Get a hold of my children. God, let it continue in my house. Lord, let it stay in my house. God, if there's things I need to unplug when I get home tonight. Because it's a distraction from your presence. Lord, I will do it. God, if there are things that I need to quit doing. God, because your presence is in my home. Lord, I've got to stop it tonight. Lord, I'll move what I've got to move. I'll change what I've got to change. Lord, I want you here. I want to be blessed. I want my wife to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. I want all that we do to prosper. Oh, Oh, come on, rearrange your life tonight. Don't you leave here without Him. God, You're welcome. Oh, don't pass my house and go to somebody else's. You're welcome in my house. Oh, you're welcome into my home, Lord. Oh, you're welcome into my heart, God. God, if I've got an attitude problem... If I've got a sin problem, if I've got an addiction problem, oh, God, let me deal with it tonight, Lord. Oh, God, come into my home again. Let it change me. Let it change the way I talk to my spouse. Let it change the way I treat my children. Let it change the way we do life all together. Oh, my children don't even know what the word devotion means. God, oh, that cannot be. Oh, God, you're welcome. You're welcome here. Oh, not just in this house. Oh, but in my body. Oh, you are welcome, God. Come in, Lord. Make yourself at home. Lord, let what we have felt here tonight. Be a fragment of what we experience, God. For we are other places more than we are here. We're at home more. We're at the job more. God, we can't afford to only feel Your presence. Oh, a greater life, Church. Woo! I can't remember the word. the la la, la